Hello and welcome to Downsizing, the root and tootinest little podcast on the market. I'm your host, a plastic bag filled with paper bags, Tim Down. For new listeners, um, uh, I'm obese, and uh, <laughs> I have a set series of rules for myself to help me lose weight. The rules are no pop, no alcohol, no eating after 8 p.m., no eating out more than once a week, as she said, no junk food, and drink two liters of water a day. Um, now, folks, uh, for you longtime listeners, uh, I know I start a lot of these episodes off by telling you that I... Um, that I broke some rules during the week. And that's not the case this week. Because this week, I broke all of the rules. Literally every single one. Uh, I did plan on breaking some, as I mentioned in last week's episode, I think. Um, I went camping with my girlfriend's parents. And um, I decided before the trip that I would allow myself a bit of little bit of freedom, you know, uh, I figured I've lost a bunch of weight already. And, you know, I mean, what happens in the woods stays in the woods, you know, like there's no laws in the woods. It's like, it's like international waters, you know, uh, what do you think there's no bear lawyers. I mean, it's not even a good bit to talk about bear lawyers because there's literally bear cops. Isn't that what Smokey the bear is? Isn't he like a bear cop? I mean, already we're already there we've already reached the nonsense point um whatever anyway the weekend before uh before last i already broke some rules um because i was camping with my friends i had chips drank a few beers you know enjoyed myself um so i already broke the seal as far as fucking up my weight loss goes um, so I figured I'd just go all in, you know, uh, I bought all kinds of different craft beers, a few bags of chips, and I was off to the races. Um, someone else might make a joke about how, you know, spending a weekend with the in-laws is the one thing that I couldn't get through without drinking, but I'm not going to do that. It was a fun time. We went canoeing. We had burgers, s'mores, uh, for the second weekend in a row. I went fishing and didn't catch anything. Although... In what I can only describe as a minor improvement, I didn't get caught on anything. Uh, my hook didn't get stuck in any rocks or pick up any lily pads or even prick my fingers. On the other hand, uh, I did spend much more time trying to keep the boat in one place since uh, we didn't have an anchor. So it's pretty much nonstop paddling. And I mean, really, I think we can count that as a, a whole day of working out. Oh, and uh, since I went camping two weeks in a row, uh, I think I've probably lost about two pounds of blood to mosquitoes. My legs look really fucked up. I mean, I mean, I look like I just waded into a pond full of chickenpox juice, which, I mean, you're welcome for that term. Um, I'm also 0 for 2 on diagnosing car issues. The first one was a few months ago. Uh, my car started making this really loud rumbling noise. Um, it actually sounded pretty cool, kind of like a sports car. But as it is not a sports car, but a Toyota Corolla, uh, I felt this was probably not a good sign. I diagnosed it as an issue with the wheel bearings based on 12 seconds of Googling that I did in my work parking lot. Um, I told my coworker, who's a big car guy, and he said, you know, it should cost a couple hundred bucks. And since I have at least a couple of hundred bucks, uh, I was sold. 
so I dropped it off at a garage to get it fixed, and then they called me, and they told me that it was, uh, in fact, not the wheel bearings. It was the catalytic converter, which he described as the most expensive part in the car. Yeah, it's a, it's a little off there. Um, I'm not going to tell you how much it was to get everything fixed, but I will tell you it was far more than a couple of hundred dollars. Um, and the second time I wrongly diagnosed a car issue was while we were camping. Now, in order to get to our campsite, we had to drive for about an hour on this dirt road. And about 10 minutes into the drive, it sounded like a rock got kicked up under the car. and was like rattling around. So I pulled over and I tried to find it. I even like crawled under the car, had like a pen light, you know, looked all over and couldn't find anything. So we kept driving, figuring it would probably, you know, fall out on its own while being kind of weirded out that we didn't find anything. Because so I looked pretty hard. Um, and it was really fucking loud. Like, it, it it all didn't make any sense. Um, like, for the amount of noise it was making, it should have been really obvious. But we couldn't see anything. And we pulled over a few more times, and I checked the wheels. And I even looked inside the car to see if something got knocked loose. But I never found anything. And regardless, we had to get to our campsite. So her dad, uh, who was a real adult could look at it and when we got there we told him what we heard and without even looking at anything he knew what it was it was not a rock but a disconnected shock absorber yeah uh something that i literally looked at and touched when i was under the car um i'm what most reasonable adults would describe as uh quote unquote useless and long story short, we got CAA to come, and it was all peachy keen. The, the car's all fixed. We're, we're, we're off to the fucking races, as I've already said probably three times. I don't know why I keep saying off to the races. We're not off to the races. I'm sitting on my couch. But yeah, um, as far as the rules go, I continued to kind of sort of pop off for the rest of the week. Um, I've had chips. I drank the one leftover beer from camping, which was an imperial stout with an alcohol content of 10%. Not sure why I bought it, to be quite honest. Um, I also drank pop. So really, um, I just fucked off this week pretty hardcore. Regular listeners of the show may have noticed that usually I mention how much weight I've lost by this point. You know, usually it's one of the first things I say. And uh, it's usually based on that amount that I discuss everything else that went on in the week, you know. And uh, there's a reason why I've held off on on saying it right away and have given you all this preamble. More like pre-ramble. <laughs> Am I right, guys? <laughs> hey. Um, it's because this week uh, was an L. A capital cursive L. And this L stands for loss, but not weight loss, mind you, because this week, according to my scale, I weigh 266 pounds. I have gained four pounds in a week. Yeah. Yep. Yuppity. Yupperino. It's not good. It's bad, in fact. Uh, now, of course, some qualifiers need to be established, um, because just like the week that I lost four pounds, I think it's probably not entirely accurate. It doesn't really seem possible, right? I mean, well, 
actually, between the two, it seems far more realistic to gain four pounds in a week than to lose four pounds in a week. I mean, you can just drink pints and pints of ice cream and really pack on some LBs. But I think part of why it said that I gained so much is because I ate dinner really late on Friday night, which is the day before I weigh myself. Um, my dinner that night was also really big. Uh, I defrosted two chicken breasts with the intent of cooking them both and saving one for lunch the next day, you know? But then a few things happened. For one, it was really, really good. I don't mean to toot my own horn here, but it was fucking delicious. I made a rub out of uh, some sweet smoked paprika, some garlic powder, onion powder, cayenne, salt and pepper, and maybe some other stuff. I think maybe Puri Puri seasoning, which probably has most of the other stuff I <laughs> I already put on it, just mixed together. <laughs> um, I also made a barbecue sauce out of olive oil, uh, scotch bonnet so- hot sauce, um, some Dijon mustard, and uh, well, some, some barbecue sauce that I already had in the fridge, which I realize is kind of cheating, but I really did zhuzh it up quite a bit. Uh, then I cooked in the barbecue, brushed on the sauce near the end. And you have to understand, um, a really big part of why I ate them both was because I was surprised. Because every single time, without fail, that I have cooked chicken, I have fucked it up. I either slightly undercook it or completely overcook it. And, you know, when I try to, like, overcorrect. I mean, literally, on so many occasions, occasions, I end up cooking it for, like, three times as long as the recipe says because it always turns out fucked up i mean so the fact that it actually turned out how it was supposed to like deeply deeply surprised me and i decided to celebrate by eating them both <laughs> and also <laughs> making some home fries and uh, and a grilled pepper i mean look the wheels came off i don't know what to tell you we uh, we all knew this was coming right the episodes leading up to this one show a, a clear trajectory towards me falling asleep at the wheel and slamming into an abutment in a metaphorical sense of course um i was well aware on friday night that things got out of hand so to to compensate i did part of the one punch man workout Uh, i think i've mentioned it on the show before um, but for new fans and for non-weebs the one punch man workout is from the show one punch man uh, he does 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, 100 squats, and a 10K run every day. And that has gotten him to the point where he could crack a planet in half like a walnut. Which isn't one of my fitness goals, but, I mean, it's a simple enough routine for me to get behind. I did it pretty consistently for a while, foregoing the 10K run because, well, as we've established, I'm obese. But I did do the full 100 of everything else, albeit in sets of like 10 or 20. Um, but it's it's been a while. So I did about half of everything. Because like I think in my dumb brain, I felt like, well, I ate all this chicken. Chicken is full of protein. I should work out because protein's good for that somehow. So uh, I worked out shirtless in my living room while watching a video on music theory. Because I'm just... The, the worst type of person. And and while I did this, something happened to me that at first was very alarming, but quickly became very funny. Um, so I was doing uh, sets of 10, 
you know, ease into it. And uh, on the third set of sit-ups, I, I went, you know, went up and then went down. And it felt like when I went back to the ground that either my cat, like, somehow got under me, which he was in his room, I don't see how he could have, or, like, like a bug or something, like, got under me. And it really freaked me out. Like, I jumped back up. Like, it was, like, a weird sound. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And and it, <laughs> it wasn't my cat. And it wasn't a bug. Um, it, it didn't really take me that long to realize that what actually happened was that um, <laughs> my, uh, my back fat came into contact with the floor in such a way that uh, a seal was formed, an air pocket, if you will. And when I sat back up, the, the suction was broken and it made like a weird sound. It felt weird. <laughs> Now, uh, I <laughs> I know a lot of you may have put on some pounds over the course of the pandemic, or just, you know, from life in general. Maybe you're feeling fat today, as they say. But if you're not at the point where you're back fat, or where your back is fat, you're doing fine. I mean, of course, as I always do after a, a rough weigh-in, I decided to work out some more. So the next day, uh, in the early afternoon, I went for a short run, again, it was mostly walking, and then did some more push-ups and sit-ups and squats, basically the other half of what I was supposed to do the day before. And now, two days later, uh, I'm still so sore. I feel like I did the Spartan race like yesterday. Uh, so we have, a, we have a long way to go as far as the overall fitness goes, um, which also kind of leads me into something else that happened this week. I quit my job. Uh, I've been working at the same place for eight years now. I started when I was 18 in my second semester of CJEP and stayed there up until now. And, you know, I like switched jobs between different departments, but been there, you know, for a long time. And it's really, it's a really weird feeling, you know. Um, and my new job is kind of the polar opposite of what I'm doing now. Like right now, I'm on my feet all day, lifting stuff, driving the forklift, walking back and forth and up and down the store. Uh, it's very active. And this new job is a work from home, like desk job. So uh, I might be really fucking myself over here because I've really gotten away with a lot because of how active my job is. You know, I could very easily have gotten up to like 400 pounds if, uh, if I worked in an office for the past couple of years. Um, I've been able to pretty easily justify not going to the gym because, you know, I did so much moving around at work and that's completely gone now. Um, now I'm not going to be getting like any passive exercise. Every bit of activity that I do is going to have to be a deliberate conscious choice, which as we've uncovered over the course of this podcast means that I'm, I'm going to struggle to put it politely. So I'm trying to develop some kind of routine or plan to get active outside of work so it's not as like abrupt of a change. In my mind, I'm going to start waking up at 7 a.m., get a quick run in, do some morning stretches, you know, got to keep limber, shower, and eat breakfast all in time to start work at 8. I'm going to hold for laughter. Um, Because the fact that I'm even considering the idea of that being possible for me 
is probably the funniest thing I've said on the podcast. A month ago, I was waking up half an hour before my shift and dragging myself to work still half asleep. And and now all of a sudden, I'm in the Marine Corps? Am I, am I also going to start saying, oh, 600 hours? Am I you know, going to start assembling and disassembling a firearm while blindfolded? Am I going to finance a new Camaro at 27% interest? I don't think so. You know? So uh, we might be seeing a real drop-off in progress here, fellas. Um, In my heart of hearts, I'm always going to be a big chubster, no matter how much weight I lose. You know, it's like that that Anthony Bourdain quote where he says... uh, I understand there's a guy inside me who wants to lay in bed, smoke weed all day, and watch cartoons and old movies. My life is a series of stratagems to avoid and outwit that guy. And I have a very similar guy inside of me. Only all he wants to do is dip Doritos and cheese dip and drink Pepsi Blue. I kind of feel like my guy is a bit easier to outwit, at least in principle. You know, Bourdain's guy at least wanted to watch old movies. Whereas I've watched several YouTube videos, each over an hour long, about why one Fallout game sucks and why one is genius. I'm, you know, not exactly the high watermark of sophistication. But you know what? I think that's going to change. Because I've decided that in addition to losing weight, I'm going to have a set of side goals that will transform me into the most insufferable type of person you've ever met. I'm, I'm already most of the way there. Uh, I do have a podcast that is just me talking about me. I mean, that's either the mark of a raging ego or just pure lunacy. But I'm going to build on it. Uh, I'm going to get super into like coffee and learn the difference between, you know, different beans and grinds. And you, you better believe that I'll let you know the exact temperature your water needs to be or, or what size cup you have to use. You know, like if, if I go to your house and you take out instant coffee, I'm going to be like, whoa, 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 <laughs> what is, what is that? That's not coffee. That's, that's hot chocolate with caffeine in it. You know, just be a real real piece of shit kind of guy you know you gotta wet the filter you gotta put exactly this amount of water you know i'm uh i'm also gonna get you know go head first into brewing my own kombucha and even you know create some of my own recipes and i'll be sure to tell you about all the about how great it makes me feel and how it's super good for your gut health maybe i'll even develop an interest in japanese theater just to mix this mix things up a little bit you know Whatever the the particulars, I'm going to worsen my personality while I improve my body, if only because I can. And also, you know, so I can act as though I have an ironic interest in something that I generally do actually like as a way to bring it up without being too serious because I have issues with sincerity. (sighs) All right, it kind of feels like I'm getting off the rails a little bit here, you know, (laughs) kind of bobbing and weaving around some different topics. So uh, I'm going to run a quick ad break and we'll we'll get back into things. Atanto. These days, we have a much greater access to a wide variety of foods, making it far easier to follow specific diets. Veganism, keto, pescatarian, wine and eggs, paleo. There's an endless number of different ways you can customize what you eat. What's more, 
In recent years, there have been countless meal delivery services coming onto the market. Meals that can accommodate any diet can now be delivered straight to your front door. Well, that is, most diets. There's one group of people who have been neglected and have to work so hard to get the kind of nourishment they need. That is, until now. Thanks to this week's sponsor, Flesh Direct. Flesh Direct is the world's first meal delivery service that caters specifically to cannibals. It could be so hard sourcing your everyday meals as a cannibal. While most people can find everything they need to eat at the grocery store, you have to go out and hunt the world's most dangerous game. I mean, sure, I bet there's some kind of back alley butcher who can provide you with some man steaks, but who knows what kind of health code violations he's making back there. You deserve the freshest, highest quality meats, and you shouldn't have to pounce on people in the Whole Foods parking lot to get it. Flesh Direct sources all of their meat from sustainable sources that they cannot disclose in this ad read. If you don't want to know how the sausage gets made, you sure as shoot don't want to know what goes on behind closed doors at Flesh Direct. Suffice it to say, your life just got a whole lot more convenient. Just sit back, relax, and let Flesh Direct bring high quality man meat straight to your doorstep. They put the can in cannibal and do everything they can to make sure you have everything you need to live a happy, healthy, convenient life. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast can receive 50% off their first box by entering code DOWNFORDINNER at checkout. Flesh Direct. Our food is flesh. Our customers are boiled. Alright, we're back. We've returned. Uh, So there's no topic this week. I thought I'd just talk. You know, this is kind of a... It's kind of a significant episode. It's episode 26, which uh, means that I've been doing this for six months now, which is very strange. Because on the one hand, it feels like I've been doing this for longer than that. On the the other, that doesn't really feel like, that feels like it's, you know, a really short amount of time. Um, But my life has changed a lot in these past six months. You know, when I started this podcast, I was living in my childhood home, still working my first job. Um, I hadn't really done anything creative in about a year and I weighed over 300 pounds. And in six months I moved out, quit my job, started a podcast and lost 40 pounds, give or take. Um, it's quite a lot of change in a small amount of time. And I kind of have mixed feelings about it. Like on the one hand, it's a lot of big changes in such a small amount of time. It sort of makes me wonder if I moved a little too quickly, you know, like, like, what if I come to my senses in like a month and go, like, what the fuck did I just do? I'm I'm homeless, limbless, and gormless. I really just want to say gormless. I think it's a really, it's a really good word. Um, on the other hand, for a long time now, I felt like I kind of lost momentum. Like uh, I wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do or like what next steps to take and and so on. And now it feels like I have a lot of momentum. And I can try and sort of ride the wave and make even more positive changes. Because if I give myself time to think, that's all I'm going to do. You know, like, for example, I've been thinking about taking up drawing. Just as something to do to kind of, you know, relax and unwind. But immediately, I start thinking about what kind of notebook should I get? You know, like, how big should the pages be? Should it be, like, lined or not lined? Maybe dots or maybe, like, a grid? And then, you know, like, what kind of pens do I like, you know? Well, you know, and also if I get, you know, this particular kind of pen, like, would this ink work on that paper? Or do I need, like, a specific kind of ink? Um, you know, and then I'm looking up the history of paper and ballpoint pens, and two hours has passed, and I, I feel like I've been in a fugue state. 
And what I should do is just grab some paper and a pen and just go. Just stop thinking and just do it. You know, I've done it with working out and it it seems to, uh, you know, work out. <laughs> oh, we have fun here. Uh, basically, the only way I'll get anything done is if I treat every situation like um, jumping off the high diving board when you're a kid. You know, you just try your best to just shut your brain off for long enough to just jump. You know, looking back, I was actually a bit of a menace at my local pool. Not as bad as uh, one of my siblings who would go around taking people's shoes and food. But I got up to semantics in the most buffoonish way. Because I don't think I did any of them really on purpose. I just three-stooged my way into them. Um, I once went on the diving board, not the high one, the lower one. And um, I don't know if this is something they all have or just the ones at my pool. But there's a wheel on the side that you could turn to make the board uh, more or less bouncy. And uh, I guess somebody was messing around with it and made it really loose or like the like the, the wing nut on it was maybe too loose. Um, because I, I went on the board and I bounced once, twice, and then on the third bounce, the whole thing just came loose and fell into the water with me. Um, for some reason, I don't really have any memories of how anyone reacted to that. Um, I think maybe I was you know, so embarrassed. I just blocked all those memories out. Um, the other thing I did was, was more my fault. I think if I'm, if I'm being really honest, um, because I was there once and I just kept jumping off the board, climbing into the water and jumping off again, constantly, like just in like a, a loop. But each time after I jumped in, you know, I'd sink quite a lot. And then I found it really relaxing to just kind of slowly let myself float back to the surface and then just let my body kind of gradually float towards the ladder before grabbing it and climbing out but I was face down the whole time so after like the third or fourth time doing this one of the lifeguards comes up to me and he goes hey uh can you stop doing that it it really makes it look like you're dead (laughs) which is quite a thing to say to like an eight-year-old and I mean, it's fair. It's definitely fair. That is exactly how dead bodies float in the water. And I can imagine that as a lifeguard, the potential for a kid dying on your watch isn't exactly, you know, what you look forward to every day about the job. And the more I think about it, I mean, they were all like teenagers. So there's a good shot. He was pretty high at the time, which, I mean, nothing fucks up your buzz like a, a drowned kid, I guess. Um... But yeah, I think I spent most of my childhood being embarrassed, if I really think about it. I mean, I was a very embarrassing kid. I liked pro wrestling and anime, had giant red hair. I listened to, like, Linkin Park and Sum 41. And, I mean, those are all just aesthetics. Like, it's not even including my behavior. I mean, man, I'm just thinking about embarrassing moments throughout my whole life. Like one time, one time in grade six, we were playing soccer baseball, which I mean, if you don't know what that is, I mean, I think you probably figure out from the description. It's pretty bare bones were a uh, title, but, um, playing soccer baseball and I was running really hard to catch the ball after someone had kicked it and I wasn't looking where I was going. And me and this other kid named Jerome just collided with each other running at like full, full speed. 
and it was kind of like the movies, you know, where someone gets knocked down and then like everyone sort of crowds around them and looks down at them while they're lying on the ground. And uh, eventually this other kid named Warren helped me up and brought me over to, to sit on the bleachers to help me kind of you know, recover because <clears throat> I really, really had the wind knocked out of me. And I remember hoping that I got up first, at least, you know, because, you know, that at least I could save some face. You know, I did just get owned in front of my whole class. But maybe if I'm up first, you know, at least it's not as bad. Um, And so I asked him, I was like, hey, did I get up first or did Jerome get up first? And he was like, oh, yeah, no, Jerome got up like right away. He's totally fine, which was you know, not the answer I was looking for. Um, another time someone was talking about how windy it was outside and, uh, <laughs> I farted by accident in glass and this kid Ryan goes, uh, not that kind of wind and got a huge laugh, which is devastating. If you fart in class as a kid, that's like, I mean, you might as well just change schools cause it's over for you. There's no, there's no coming back from that, but it was pretty quick thinking on his part. I have to give him that. Um, another time, oh, this is in high school, for some reason in English class, we had to come up with a gang or maybe we just had to make like a group name or something. But anyway, me and two other people called ourselves the, the killer clowns, uh, you know, both starting with a K, obviously pretty sure ended with a Z. Um, and, uh, I put clown makeup on and I, I may have kept it on the whole day which is mainly embarrassing in retrospect, but I don't know. That's one's not so bad. Um, a worse one is I was, <laughs> I was really scared of dogs as a kid, like real, like frightened of dogs. And on more than one occasion, I ended up full on sprinting away from like incredibly small dogs, like, like tiny, um, which is really a great image. You know, I mean, uh, you know, a, a chubby, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> keep the coughs in on the downsizing podcast. It was like a, you know, a chubby redheaded kid with a Naruto t-shirt, just booking it away from a tiny dog. I mean, I, I can't tell you how terrified I was. If I just saw like a little wiener dog off its leash, my blood would run cold. Like I felt like I came across a pack of fucking wolves in like the mountains when I was by myself, but it was just a nice little dog, you know, a nice friendly little dog. And actually I remember exactly the moment when I stopped being afraid of dogs. Like it was like that for how much it, it affected my life. It, it went away so easily because we, um, I had to go, this was, so like whatever I was in lived in Montreal for most of my childhood, but then for grade uh, seven and eight moved to Alberta, which is like a whole other story. Whatever. I was gonna say, oh, my dad killed the guy and we had to move, but that's, you know, some people don't really listen that well to podcasts. I think and they'll be like, Tim's dad killed somebody, and they'll start telling people that my dad did not kill anybody that I'm aware of. Um, but anyway, we moved to to Calgary for two years. And, uh, while I was there, you know, it's like a whole new group of people. And, uh, you know, you don't necessarily want to show your hand on all the lamest parts of you. Right. Which I mean, we'll get to later that believe me, I was not that successful at hiding how much of a big old dork I am, but 
we all went to this uh, person's house to do uh we had to do a group project for french class that was i think we had to make something that was inspired by teta clack like specifically the willie waller 2006 i think we had to come up with our own product and like shoot a video and i for some reason i think i was the one speaking in a lot of it i think i had a i think i was like the narrator for some reason, I mean, it's not because my French was good. That's certainly not the fucking case. I mean, you'd think coming from Quebec would be like, oh, yeah, I'm like the best in the class. Not even, not even close. But I kept like, you know, doing like the Jeff Goldblum pose in front of a fireplace in his basement because I thought it was funny. So it's just like me in jeans, a three days grace, long sleeve t-shirt and long red hair lying like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. It's like, it's just and then it's shown to the entire class. It's like, that should be more embarrassing than it actually is, but you know, whatever. But anyway, I'm there with like, you know, a bunch of kids in my class and uh, I knew he had a dog somehow, but it wasn't there. It may have been like at the vet or something, but I knew it was coming. And then they're like, oh, my mom's home. And you know, the, she was the one with the dog. And so I was just there. I remember standing in his living room. She opens the door and this like greyhound just like, comes in and it's just running around the room just like not even running up to any of us is just like doing laps of the room and i remember being like okay just, just take it easy it's just a dog you're just gonna just gonna relax and then the dog literally just came up to me and like sniffed my hand and i was like oh i think i'm not scared of dogs anymore and i just wasn't <laughs> like i mean shame is a powerful motivator like now like i love dogs i make up for lost time with dogs like uh you know if you have a dog uh, i'm in love with your dog i don't care if i've never met it i love your dog so you know i mean let that be a lesson you know people say my haters and my motivators shame is my main motivator it's the only reason i do anything is pure unadulterated shame and i'm getting more shameless as i get older which i think means i'm going to start doing less but I mean, judging by the, you know, the drip of a lot of older men that I see, I think that's not uncommon. Um, <laughs> oh, man, this one was really embarrassing to me in like in the moment. And still, when I think about it, because it's like so in uh, in grade nine, in my science class, my teacher put a, a picture of Jupiter on the projector. I imagine we were learning about space. And she was like, does anybody know what that big spot on Jupiter is? And I put my hand up and for some goddamn reason, I said that it was planet acne as a joke. Planet acne. And she was like, what? And I'm like, and then I repeated it like two more times in front of the whole class it couldn't have gotten less of a laugh. Like she was just sort of like, okay. And then moved on. I think what happened now that I think about it, I think I had like two jokes in a row in that class that went really well. Like what like teacher laughed, class laughed. And then I got cocky and I got greedy and I went for the planet acne and like, it doesn't even make sense. It's not funny. It's not creative. It's just fucking stupid. And I just got too cocky and I just let that one loose. And I was like, oh, I did one too many. If I just left it the other jokes, it would have been fine. But, oh, ugh, it's a 
that's a bad one. Um, oh, there's a video of somewhere of me doing um, a lip sync dance routine that I improved on the spot to uh, Canadian Idiot by Weird Al. And <laughs> man, I really gave it my all. I mean, I lip sync for my life way ahead of any drag queens. Um, oh, there's also a lot of videos of me from my um, high school grad Europe trip speaking in an aggressively and just like aggressive demeanor and aggressively bad British accent. Like I'm, I don't even want to think about it. I'm also always wearing sunglasses in the video for some reason, even if it's at night. I'm like wearing Metallica t-shirts. It's like, you're going to wear Met I My mom got so mad at me because I went, I already had like seven Metallica t-shirts. And then I went on the Europe trip and came back and I had bought two more Metallica t-shirts. And she's like, what are you doing? You went to Europe. You went to Florence and you bought two fucking Metallica t-shirts. And I was like, well, they're pretty sick. Pretty sick Metallica t-shirts, you know, because that's uh, that's, a, that's just the level of uh, class that you're you're dealing with with me. I mean, uh, <laughs> so fucking stupid. And oh man, there's oh, god damn, there's another video of me lip syncing to the song "Lesby Friends" on that trip. And I'm wearing I'm <laughs> I'm wearing a Metallica baseball T-shirt and reflective aviators, and uh, like I remember seeing these at the time, and I was like, oh, that's kind of funny, but oh, I don't know whose Facebook page they're on. Somebody has them, and it's just man, I'm just the probably the most embarrassing person to be around. Oh, even recently, I really have embarrassed. I've made my girlfriend very mad at me because sometimes, you know, like sometimes we have to call like a store and, you know, like you call like a, like a pet store to see if they have certain things. You call like a restaurant to see if they're open or taking reservations or whatever. And sometimes I'm just in a mood and I'll, and I'll speak in an Australian accent the entire time or a Scottish accent the entire time for just for my own entertainment and it has never not embarrassed everybody around me. I've done it in the drive-thru. My friends have been like, well, this is now the worst. And my girlfriend, she's looked at me in horror. And um, actually, I'm not as embarrassed by that. I think I'm going to keep doing that because that's fun for me. And even if it's not fun for anybody else, I mean, it's fun for me. So where's the downside, you know? Um. I think, though, I'm pretty sure the biggest cringe moment of my life, I mean, you know, feel free to correct me if you remember a better one, you know, let me know in the comments, or there's no comments, but send me an email, or a DM, whatever, whatever you want to do, but it happened in grade eight, this is another Calgary one, I dodged a bullet with the dog thing, but, but got into, it got way worse, um, so it became known due to my own fault, that I had a crush on this one particular girl. Um, I think I just, I told somebody and as I was telling them, I'm like, they're just going to tell everybody. Why am I telling them this? Um, but it be, everybody knew about it. Everybody knew I had a crush on her except for her. Um, so word spread and 
Oh, just by pure chance, I ended up sitting next to her in math class. Oh, God. And someone started chanting, do it, do it, do it, you know, to get me to ask her out. And then everyone in the class joined in, except for me and for her, obviously, since she didn't know what the fuck was going on. And so the whole class is just going, do it, do it, do it. And she's looking around like, what's going on? And I'm like... I didn't know what to do, you know? I definitely didn't want to ask her out under those circumstances, but I didn't really know how to divert attention or, like, get people to stop. So I just sort of sat there in silence until the chant slowly died down, and then the class was completely silent. And this happened more than once. Because for some fucking reason, I kept sitting near her, and people just kept chanting. Like, they just kept doing the chant. And it was so, so, so fucking uncomfortable. And then, well, and then eventually, I moved back to Montreal. But me and this girl still talked. And I I asked her if she, you know, wanted to do something long distance. Because I was 14 years old thought it was a good idea and then well i say that but i also then had a, a three and a half year long relationship that was long distance so well you know there's a there's a lot going on here but um the way that i asked this girl out because you know it's 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 not exactly like a typical asking out because it's like hey do you want to go out but we're in different provinces so the way that i asked her this is a, we were talking and then I asked her if she wanted to be my it's complicated on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I stole that line from a from a meme as well from an early meme. You know, the whole situation was fucked. And uh, suffice to say, it didn't work out. I'm pretty sure she's like a some kind of big anti-vax mystic now so you know all's well that ends well i suppose and also i mean this is old school facebook because i don't think they have this option anymore i mean i haven't i don't know that i've changed my relationship status on facebook in like a while probably um but like why would you include it's complicated like what does that mean like that's just i mean i mean that is the the, the you know main era of people posting vague statuses to get attention and then oh dude i i'm sure i have some of those some of those vague statuses it's like you're like you better watch what you say otherwise things are gonna go bad for you and then people are like what's wrong you go nothing i don't want to talk about it and go really because you just broadcasted it to everybody that you know like clearly you do want to talk about it Oh, dude, being being a teenager on the internet is so funny, or was so funny. I think it's less funny now. I'm seeing a lot of, like, you know, teenagers that are, I mean, way smarter than me, talking, doing, like, political analysis, and I'm like, I mean, when I was 14, I was, was you know, catching up to One Piece, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. I think I've hit my intellectual peak in life. <laughs> and it is not that high. Um... Yeah, what the fuck? How did I... How did we get here? I mean, I feel like I was going to talk about, like, all the different ways that I could, you know, make sure to continue making good choices and changes, you know, keep on track with weight loss, you know, improving other aspects of my life. But then I just fell down like a cringy rabbit hole. 
like i don't know this is like a a decently big episode it's like episode 26 is like oh we could talk about retrospectives on the podcast and do this whatever it's like nah, i'm just gonna talk about the most embarrassing moments of my life which honestly i'm sure there are more but i think i probably just blocked them out or there's some that i don't really want to say on the podcast there's one i'm not going to say on the podcast ask me in person i'll tell you unless you're family in which case i will not tell you but it's pretty good um but yeah as far as like going forward you know whatever i'm gonna follow my rules boom that's a plan it's too easy okay uh now that i've uh made myself a, a public embarrassment um i'm gonna bring this episode to a close as always you can find me on instagram at excessively underscore caucasian or you can shoot me an email at downsizingpod at gmail.com Tune in next week to see if I can claw back some of my weight loss progress. Do